Hello, welcome to the podcast of Grace Fellowship Church Shrewsbury. We meet every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. in Southern York County, Pennsylvania. You can join our morning live stream on Facebook or YouTube. Just search for GFC Shrewsbury. You can find more information about us at gfcshrewsbury.org. We are so excited to bring you this message today, and it is our hope that you will come to know and believe Jesus Christ more fully through it. Good morning, Grace. It's good to be with you. I'd like to first speak as an overseer. Uh, I enjoy working with the elders and I just wanted to commend them to you. Uh, They are dedicated to discerning God's will in the presence of God, very devoted to resting and quiet listening and then speaking out of that. Uh, I notice how quick they are to honor and prefer one another very strong honoring relationships, and also a deep care and support for one another personally with regard to whatever they might individually be facing or challenged in their leadership, and uh, also affirm that they are handling matters wisely. So it's a delight, and uh, Ben Abel is also another overseer, and we often walk out of these meetings just rejoicing that we have the opportunity to be overseers here because of how well things are done here. So I commend your elders to you. Now I'd like to speak as a sabbatical coach. Um, I've been in touch with Jeff and Tracy Smith monthly and uh, I want to say the sabbatical is working. Uh, in other words, it's, it's effective and it's being very fruitful. Uh, the rest that they've been able to have has been healing and uh, renewing for them. Uh, I also would highlight that they're experiencing fresh revelation and understanding uh, from the scripture and experiencing some transformation uh, in personal ways as well. Um, they're gaining much insight and um, there are, Jeff wanted to say, we are stronger in Christ. And so uh, I'm just very blessed uh, with the way in which uh, I've seen the difference already during these months so far. And um, again, we see the wisdom of the length of time that was established. And I believe you're going to see uh, very good fruit as they return. Now I'd like to speak as a husband and my wife, Marion, is here, so I wanted to acknowledge she's very much part of our lives. And finally, I like to speak as a teacher. Our theme today comes from John uh, chapter eight, and we're studying verses 12 through 30. Jesus declares here that he is the light of the world, and we're going to be seeing how this theme guides us to understand him and our lives better. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have 
the light of life. This is one of the seven times that John shows that Jesus makes an I am statement. Uh, the I am, the great I am, God himself, Jesus is recognizing his nature as God as he makes these seven statements. Previously, he is, we have studied in John 6 that he said, I am the bread of life. Now he's saying, I am the light of the world. So let's explore with him the implications of this theme of light. Uh, first of all, notice the word again. So it keeps us in touch with the setting in which it is. We believe he is saying this at the last day of the feast of booths or succoth or shelters or um, tents which they temporarily made in this one of the festivals, the Jewish festivals. Earlier he had said, as we studied in John 7, um, come unto me and drink. Out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. So here he is, he's teaching about the nature of the kingdom and what it means to relate to him. And so now he's saying, I am the light of the world. This is also a reflection back to what we saw in the very first chapter as John introduces his gospel and introduces Christ. I'd like to read that again from a different translation. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was existing already. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. Now the concept here of with is the idea that has already been highlighted in our worship time, that God is toward us. God is for us. God has given himself to fully engage and love and express himself toward us. That is, he is on our side. He is for our benefit. And so the thought here is, the word was with God, what we have is this relationship between the Father and the Son being seen here in a glimpse. The Father and the Spirit are continually pouring life into one another, continually honoring one another, continually giving themselves to one another, continually uplifting one another. And so as Jesus comes to the world, his posture retains this same withness. He is with the Father. He's toward the Father, and the Father is toward him. This father-son relationship is not merely a heavy-handed father and an, an obedient son. No, this is a love relationship where the Father is continually pouring himself in to honoring Jesus, and Jesus only wants to do, and only does, what pleases and honors the Father. The word was with God, and the word continues in his earthly ministry to be with the Father. It goes on to say, God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word, that is Christ, gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. 
The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. Here at the very beginning, as we have the introduction of the relationship of the Trinity together, being toward one another, being with or for one another, we have the concept of light. When we think of Genesis and the creation of the world, the first thing that God created in bringing order to the mess of the elements that were there was, and God said, let there be light. Now, we see later in the, the account that the sun and the moon and the stars were created. So we wonder, well, how could there be light before there were that? Well, light is much greater of a spectrum of electromagnetic energy than what we see even from stars and moons, etc. And we'll look at that in just a moment in more detail. But the point here is, light is the energy by which everything else finds its sustenance and ability to function. So, Christ is introducing himself here as the light of the world. Again, it was at this feast. He's making this declaration. So, what is the symbolism that he's referring to? We see that at that time, a lamp or a light was basically usually a clay container that had a wick and a flame. It wasn't uh, any, like a flashlight or a beam or anything like that that we have today. It was a lamp as you would see in the upper left-hand corner. He may have also been referring to the fact that the pillar of fire that led the children of Israel through the wilderness as, again, God's light that was their guidance to know when to move and when to stay. Because in the Feast of Booths, or Succoth, as they were celebrating and as he was speaking, what they would do is they would take the priestly garments and wrap them up and make a great big torch and light that torch as a lamp or light to recall how the pillar of fire had led them through the wilderness. So when Jesus says, I am the light of the world, he's tapping into the celebration that was taking place right there with a torch, reminding them of the pillar. And of course we know from the psalmist that the word is a lamp to our feet and therefore it would be a light to our path. So he's using all of these imageries to tie together who he is and who he has been through the ages. Light is that which makes visible. The light itself, you never need a light to find other light. Light makes other things visible. We see one another today. We see one another through video lines and electromagnetic energy being passed through radio waves. We see one another because of light. Uh, if you look at this spectrum, there's the visible light that we see, the different colors, but at each end of the spectrum, there is light that we don't see as human beings as we would think of being visible. 
Um, that's why we can find people through the heat of our bodies with infrared lights. Or on the other end of the spectrum, the ultraviolet rays of the sun will cook your skin on the beach if you spend too much time there. You don't see it, but it is powerful light at work. And beyond this, the x-rays, the gamma rays, the PET scans, and what we use for a medical diagnosis, we don't see that light, but it is light. So the point I would make here is, Jesus has shown us the Father. He is the light of the world that dispels darkness. But there may be more to know about God than we see so far. What a wonderful time eternity will be to discover even more of the truth of who God is. So Jesus makes this declaration, I'm the light of the world. However, the Pharisees who are nearby have a reaction. So the Pharisees said to him, you are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Uh, they're not saying he's lying, they're saying it's not valid. You, you, you can't tell the truth about yourself and that's enough of evidence. Why? Because of the principle throughout the Old Testament that everything is established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. And that's a good principle. So Jesus answered, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true, for I know where I came from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from or where I'm going. You know, that's the, the joy and the confidence that we have in our identity. We know where we come from and we know where we're going. Jesus knew he came from the Father. He knew he was returning to the Father. Ah, that just settles matters. And so our purpose in life is when we have a sense of, I know that my life is resourced in the love and the purpose and the grace of God. And I know that I have a purpose and I'm fulfilling that and that I have an eternal relationship with God, which means I'm established in a fellowship with God forever. I know where I'm going. He responds, you judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet, even if I do judge, uh, and wait a minute, Jesus, you just said you judge no one, and now you're saying you judge. What we need to understand that first sentence he's saying, I judge no one according to the flesh. In other words, I do not judge the way you judge. I do not judge according to human terms. Yet, even if I do judge, my judgment is true, for it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. So again, he has this relationship with this father toward him and he toward the father so that everything he does is out of this oneness 
Jesus and the Father did not try to be unified. They are already one in identity, and so therefore, unity flows out of that oneness that's already established. Unity is harmonizing things that are different, working together, yet retaining their distinctive qualities. Oneness is we come from the same source, we have the same frame of reference, no matter what our differences might be. The Father and the Son are one. So he is indicating the witness that I have is my Father. That's my second witness. Let's highlight it more closely. In your law, it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. They said to him, therefore, where is your father? And Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. So Jesus, as the light of the world, shows us visibly what the Father in heaven is like. Just like visible light helps us to see and know one another, Jesus is saying, I'm the light that helps you to know the Father. When you see me, you're seeing the, very clearly the same image of the Father. And so he's highlighting here the basis of my knowing who I am is that the Father and I agree about that. These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, but no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. So again, this is saying, this is still occurring at the last day of the Feast of Succoth. They were sending people, as we read earlier, to arrest him, but they were so impressed with his teaching that they didn't. And, but he knew the timing and the fulfillment of everything that needed to be worked out in order to fulfill his purpose on the earth. And so he said, my hour, referring to the sacrifice on the cross, the fulfillment of everything that Leah has so much been articulating for us. So he said to them again, I'm going away and you will seek me and you will die in your sin. Where I'm going, you cannot come. So the Jews said, will he kill himself since he says where I'm going, you cannot come? So there's some confusion here in the conversation. Let's see if we can sort it out from our perspective. He was going away, and we know, back to the Father. They could not come because they were not believing that he was who he said he was. Uh, it's a little hard to pick up the context here, but it seems like they're like mocking him. <laughs> Where are you going that we cannot come? Now they had this understanding that if someone 
committed suicide, if someone killed themselves, they would go to a place of judgment for that. And so this was the Jewish understanding at this time. They would go to a place of judgment for that. And so when he said you cannot come there, they were saying, well, he must be referring to that because we would not go there because we are not doing that to ourselves. That was kind of the mocking judgment they were bringing. Uh, let me comment here pastorally about this. And if you have questions about uh, suicide or if you're at all dealing with pressure or thoughts of that nature, and we know that um, that can be a very painful and distressing um, condition, please see Pastor Mark or Pastor Ben uh, and talk about that. And also we'll have folks here at the end of the service, again, seek conversation and open dialogue about that so that you're not in anguish or not in doubt and fear about it. So our understanding here is that they are mocking him and they are not understanding him at the same time. He said to them, you are from below, I'm from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. Now remember, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He's not avoiding the world. He's just saying where his source of strength and identity is. I told you that you would die in your sins for unless you believe that I am him, you will die in your sins. So they said to him, who are you? Jesus said to them, just what I have been telling you from the beginning. <laughs> so over and over he's saying, I am he, I am. He's giving them clues that he is sent from the Father, that he is the Messiah. And some of the people are getting that. They're asking the question, well, someone who does these miracles must be the Messiah. Someone who speaks like this so prophetically and accurately must be the Messiah. Someone who teaches with such authority like this must be the Messiah. The people are raising this question. The Pharisees and the, the Sanhedrin are dealing with the threat that what if he is? And so in the mixture of this, who are you? Jesus said to them, just what I've been telling you from the beginning. I have much to say about you and much to judge, but he who sent me is true. And I declare to the world what I have heard from him. So you had this spiritual oneness of the Father and the Son. The Son only wants to do what pleases the Father. They are one in mind and heart, and so when Jesus is speaking, he's speaking with the full backing of the Father. As we sang in the blessing, he is for you. He is with you, he's around you, he's before you, he's behind you, he's within you. That's the way Jesus lived and carried out his ministry. And because of Christ, that's what a blessing is in our lives. I declare 
to the world what I've heard from him. They did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So he continues in the spirit of oneness. So Jesus said to them, okay, how are you going to know who the Father is and who I am? When you have lifted up the Son of Man. Now, John uses the phrase lifted up in two different ways here, and apparently that's the way Jesus was using the phrases as well. The one is to lift up, to exalt, to worship, to praise. And the other is to lift up on a cross in crucifixion. When you have lifted up the Son of Man, he's speaking to these people, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, he's clearly referring here to the crucifixion. Then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just what, as the Father has taught me. In other words, I've been challenged by this because I've been reading this passage in preparation for today for many weeks, every day. Did you see over and over what's here? And this particular passage has inspired me, and I've been able to share this with many leaders in terms of their own commitment to do what God's calling them to do. Look at it. Jesus is saying, when I totally yield and give myself to the Father's will and pay this price and pay this penalty and suffer and go through this agonizing death penalty, then you'll know I really do whatever the Father asks me to do. This is the ultimate. This is where I'm saying I do the Father's will. This is how you'll know I am the Son of God. This is how you'll know I am the Messiah. I don't do anything, nor do I withhold doing anything from the will of the Father. And so, the challenge is here for us as well. What sacrifice, what step of obedience, what delight or desire to do the Father's will are we willing to do simply to say, I'm yours. I'm a child of God. I'm a servant of God. I'm a son. I'm a responsible person. I respond to the Father's will. This is how we show also that Jesus is the light of the world, and this is how we are the light of the world. He goes on to say, and he who sent me is with me, he's for me, he's toward me, he's supporting me, he has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. Everything that Jesus did, the Father was right there with him. Let's declare this last verse together. Together? And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, 
for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. That was the assurance, the closeness, the relationship of the father and the son. Including on the cross. So looking at this relationship, we often talk a lot about unconditional love. Well, I would like to say just briefly that even what appears to be unconditional love, that is, that it's freely given to us without condition, Jesus paid the conditions for love to be unconditional for us. So keeping that in mind, it does come through as unconditional love. But notice in Christ, the other unconditional factors of that. The unconditional love of the Father is the basis for the unconditional confidence that Jesus had. That everything that he did in response to the Father out of that intimate relationship, out of that fellowship, he could do it confidently because of the love of the Father, constantly pouring himself into him. And that is why he responded with unconditional obedience. If our obedience is conditional, we do not yet have a full revelation of his unconditional love. God's love for us is not a commodity that we get, choose, it's something that we yield to that shapes and forms us so that we also become unconditional servants. Well, let's look at this question. How does the realization that this is the kind of life, the life of Christ, that is actually at work within us encourage us in our obedience to Christ? You know. Obeying God for us is not, I have to do this because God is God and I better. We have the very nature of Christ within us as we yield to the spirit of Christ. Jesus wants to do the will of the Father. And so inside of us, in our nature, as we are yielding to Christ, he delights to do the will of the Father. And that gives us a whole different perspective as we sense the Lord prompting us to do so. So just like the oneness of the Father and the Son, we also have been invited into that fellowship knowing that God is toward us, that God is with us. So when we pray, God be with someone, Especially, we're not just saying God be around or God be nice. We're saying God reveal to that person how you are fully toward them. When we pray that way, let's receive that same posture toward ourselves. Out of the oneness of the Father and the Son, we have the very source of light. In the beginning, God said, let there be light, 
And God in that sense is more, it's plural, (laughs) means more than two. When God created the world, it was more than two. Let us make man. Let there be light. Out of this fellowship is a source of light. And that life, that light generates life. Everything that our world is shaped and formed and sustained by, it's based on light. Think of it this way, brothers and sisters. What longing do you have? What longing do we have to see light, helps us to see, to see God even more fully in your life? Jesus is the light of the world that shows us the Father and the fellowship of the Father, Son, and Spirit. Whatever that longing is, let's look to Jesus as the light that will show it to us. Out of the oneness of the Father and Jesus is the foundation of identity. Jesus said, I know where I've come from, I know where I'm going, I know who I am, this is who I am, the Father bears witness to who I am. His light makes known who we are and makes the truth known about our relationships with others. So if there's a step of obedience, what is that step of obedience like Jesus that might involve some sacrifice on our part that will bring truth to some area of darkness in our world? Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill, you know, can't be hidden. You don't take a lamp and put it under a bushel. He's not only saying, I'm the light of the world, but as he taught, he's saying, you are the light of the world. So to the extent that we know Christ and can bring the truth of Christ into some part of the darkness, the hiddenness, the secrecy, the pain of our world. What is that for us today? Um, This week, where you see darkness, pause and ask, what light, what truth will minister the truth of Christ to this darkness? Remember the song that we sing, The Waymaker? Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. So as you sing that light in the darkness, that is what God is saying through Jesus Christ. The oneness of the Father and the Son also is the basis for belief. As we believe in Christ, he progressively removes the darkness from a person's life. And so, with whom might the Spirit be prompting you to share some truth about the Father or about the Son that will help another person in their relationship with God?
bearing witness to who Christ is. As we conclude our scripture for today, this was the result. As he, as Jesus was saying all these things about light, his relationship with the Father, and bearing witness, many believed in him. How wonderful that was. So let's state our confession of truth and invite the worship team to come and also invite those who would minister here in prayer to uh, be prepared. Let's make this confession together. We're saying here what we believe and the power of it. And we will follow this with a declaration into our world that right now with Christ together, we can believe he is who he says he is the light of the world. We must believe to be released from the effect of sin and death. We do believe because he fulfilled the Father's will to the extent of death on the cross. Let's make this declaration thinking of our nation, thinking of a sphere where we have influence where we have citizenship, where we have heartfelt conviction and identity. These are the things that we bring as servants in the kingdom of God. Not getting involved in the issues and getting polarized with one another about it. We are coming in the spirit of Christ as the light of the world, saying that we are the light of the world. Let's make these declarations and what we're saying is we are speaking with authority to establish these truths to bring them about in our nation. Together, just as Jesus entered the world as light to it, we enter our world to be light that Jesus said we are. Where there is darkness, his truth will expose the false. Where there's depression, his truth will bring hope. Where there is secrecy, his truth will bring transparency. Where there is judgment, his truth will bring justice. We hope you enjoyed this message. You can find more like it on our website under sermons. To keep up to date with our sermon series, hit the subscribe button in your podcast host and follow our social media pages. Just search for GFC Shrewsbury on the platform of your choice. If you're looking to connect with us further, then you can email us at connect at gfcshrewsbury.org. We will be back next week with another message. We hope to see you again soon.